0: Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful, as always, for the gift that you've given us uh, of our lives and the, uh, the charm and the excitement about what it is to be the different sexes. We're very grateful for that benevolence. Lord, we ask that we'd understand it. We'd understand your purposes and the virtue you expect of us. In each of our um, tasks, we'd ask that uh, this evening would be beneficial. In your son's name, amen. Tonight we are covering, I said the first three nights are on who you can become. We talked last night about wisdom and how that's a major uh, kind of road map shift, The actual possession of a map versus no map at all, of of, uh, having passion on one side which has no arrangement to peace to... Wisdom which arranges. It understands the world God has made because God made the world by wisdom. So that was the the first uh, sort of commitment. That's big picture. That's to everybody. It affects you in your relationships. It affects you just by being the soul that hears the demands of wisdom. You you become uh, that much more uh, peaceful as a believer. Uh, But it also... Uh, engages the relationship aspect of you in beneficial ways and it makes you an asset, a true asset to what the other half of the world is really looking for. And the kind of men you want is looking for Tonight we're looking at Proverbs 31. Now you've been through it before, you may have been to even talks on it at women's conferences. Uh, As I looked it over and tried to break it down, the idea of um, strength was so powerfully there. There was a a dignity, a strength, uh, and what I call a muscular domesticity. I have a quote from Proverbs 14 here on the side. Wisdom builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. That's just a, a great, great truth. And again, this is not in the first nine chapters. It's in later in Proverbs, chapter Proverbs 14. Wisdom builds her house, and um, you get you get that example. We don't cover last time. We covered this as a session. Uh, various uh, uh, women of the Bible. Um, we cover, uh, uh, covered Abigail, one of David's wives, and Abigail is described as a woman with great understanding and very beautiful. And when she finally talks to David after the various events. She, her main focus is the sure house of data. She wants to see somehow her benefited by the sure house of data. And that's what a, a, a woman brings into a, her own home if she's single, um, their home if she's a mother and, and, and a wife. Um, and at the, But the converse is equally true. There's not a neutral ground. You're either an idiot tearing your house to pieces almost... Like the the, the image of with her own hands. Not that bad things come in and hurt you, but with your own hands you go in and the things you do are the things that destroy it. And a little bit, that's kind of even. Solomon then says in Ecclesiastes, one man in a thousand I have found, but a woman in all of these I have not found. And he had checked. He had a 1,000 wives. Not the wisest, I imagine, in that regard, but he had checked 1,000 women. And some, nowhere in that gaggle of women, um, Betty, did they come in Bettys? Betty of yeah, Betty of women. Um, had he found something, because right-thinking, wisdom, righteousness, is rare. Wisdom and righteousness is rare. Um, We were talking last night on the porch afterwards, and uh, Tammy had remembered something my father had said, that I may have related to her, that my father, um, we were talking about counseling problems we were going through with uh, certain women, and my father said, bitchiness is a problem with women. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) It's one of their favorite sins. And... um, He said, when a woman gets like that, he said in all of his years of ministry, he had never seen one turn, never seen one repent and deal with it. It's something at your edge you might want to set up not to get toward. Um, um, uh, Certain things are really hard to fix. Now, the grace of God can fix anything, but just bear this in mind that That we're we're dealing with a we're a small group of people. This is a small town. Christianity in the United States might be five percent truly of people who pass from death to life, not church people, but people who have been saved, going to heaven. Maybe five percent in a decent town, and I think Moscow is a decent town. Maybe ten percent of truly regenerate people in Moscow. Now, that is everybody that the grace of God has touched. And then those that have pursued wisdom, of all the Christians you know, how many of them are building wisdom in their life? How many of your girlfriends are building wisdom? Or are they just coasting along with whatever the Christian church offers them and provides for them, and finally you get issued a husband, and off you go and breed a few kids and, and um, hope that you don't have problems? Now in the approaching, th- th- that's... The idea of building your house and the rarity of what we're dealing with. The wisdom that builds a house and the rarity of what we're dealing with. The benefit of doing this is you become a rare person. You don't look at rarity and go, how can I ever find it? No, it's obvious, easy to find. You become rare. You become valuable. It tells us in Titus 2.3 that the older women are teaching the younger women to be, to love their husbands and children, be sensible, chaste, domestic, kind and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be discredited. There's something about, in the word domestic I bolded there in the first paragraph, the word means lover of the home, that they are lovers of the home, and that these this list of things, however you want to parse it out, are all to keep the word of God from being discredited because the word of God claims to provide what all people want. Remember what I said, the, the, the chief end and the desire of man is that he would find peace, a state of ease. Okay? We said that the state of ease, the peace, comes from the state of order. The kind of order is the kind of peace. And when you find it with God and you find it with understanding your world that you're in, you find it with balancing your checkbook, you find it with not running up the credit card bills, you find it with a lot of things, you realize that a woman who has been trained, especially by older women, um, how to get there. It's not something that somehow the cooking Jones just clicks on in you. Because if you didn't learn to cook, you won't know how. <laughs> it's simple as that. And awful things have happened to people, to men. Um, and uh, you might want to ask some of these older ladies because they do cook. And I have been fattened up. I was thin once. <laughs> before I met that woman. <laughs> that the word of God may not be discredited. We want we we're representing that this is an answer to the world. And we're supposed to be walking through life not cursing our wife under our breath or our husbands or being just as out of peace because nothing is ordered in our lives. These are one of the things that we should learn to do. Love husbands and children. Women don't necessarily automatically think you count on that maternal instinct. I love my kids. Well, until about their two, then they started being little hellions, and you see, you know, you can't take them to Walmart anymore. Someone will take a picture and put it on that website. Now, the Proverbs 31 description is the great biblical description of this uber woman. I mean, this, this, this woman who is almost scary, She's so good at this stuff. Um, and everybody is standing back f- a little frightened and admiring. And when you, when you, when you, when you uh, uh, try to graph what she does out, you begin to realize what a powerful character he is. Now, I want to remind you about Proverbs 31, something you might not have noticed if you've ever read it before. The first three verses, or first uh, couple verses, three verses. The words of Lemuel, these are not Solomon's thoughts the words of Lemuel, king of Massa, which his mother taught him. These are the ideas, this is the philosophy of a woman told to her son about wives and that description, that rarity is, she pegs the meter on it. This is not a male patriarchal you know, chattel-like uh, 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 homemaker. Did you notice that in the news the other day when somebody said something cruel about uh, what's her name Romney? What's her first name? Anne, Anne Romney. Anne. Being never worked, she was only a homemaker, raising kids. Everybody goes, what? Five sons. I think she probably put a few hours in. But, <laughs> but the very fact that the society has decided to look down on it because they think that. Being a lover of the home, being a wife and mother, is a, some sort of, some sort of um, um, you know, prairie mom with a little hutterite cap on you know, and, and completely uh, stripped of will. Now, what I've done here with the, proverb, the, the the chapter is take every verse from 10 to the end of the chapter and each description, pull it out, and take a look at what's going on in that. You may have seen more things than this. Uh, uh, This is just so that it doesn't just get read devotionally. I did a poster of, matter of fact, our girl on the front, St. Sophia. She uh, was, I, I clipped it out of an illustration I did for a poster, which is a full length of this woman. And she's standing in a, at her robe in the front, has the text of Proverbs 31 in it. And people would buy it. But people get that sort of thing to hang on their wall, put on their fridge, uh, because it just generically says things that make you feel warm and tender, you know, uh, and good about those things. Rather than treating it like other passages of Scripture, where you dig into it and go, okay, what are we saying here? What's actually going on? What am I advocating? What what does Lemuel's mom think is so great about a woman? Well, verse 10, a good wife who can find. Remember, one in a thousand I have not found? Good wife, who could find? They, she is far more precious than jewels. Now, I use the term good wife here because it's a good wife. Um, That's kind of almost that title. The idea of the good wife. Um, It's a rarity. Um, It's something you need to realize about when it says something like far more precious than jewels. Um... That seems self-evident. Uh, all you have to do with Leslie is walk into Costco with your cart and then one of the first stops at Costco is this big jewelry case. And I don't have any money, she doesn't have any money. But uh-huh. We stop at the jewelry case and make the round, looking at all that, and I like that, and I like that one, and I like that one, and I
1: like that one. I want them
0: all. Women like little sparkly bits of stone. Now. You say, okay, alright, so we do. Alright, shoes, jewelry. Um, and there could be all sorts of reasons why that, yeah, jewelry is a, a mobile dowry. It's lots of value in a small article, right? You should be able to go trade it in for, you know, food someday. Now, but what's more important right now is not just that you feel that, that a good wife is valuable, but realize how you can lose that sensation, just like you can lose it about jewelry. Because jewelry isn't valuable. It's little colored pieces of stone chipped into shapes, set in a piece of metal that isn't intrinsically valuable. Gold's not valuable, platinum's not valuable. We just had been told, De Beers told you, that diamonds were valuable. Then they controlled the supply coming out of Africa, this is the early part of the last century, and they kept it valuable by controlling the market. And they keep telling you, just like I, I don't have any diamonds in here, but here's a, here's a dollar. This is a piece of paper. That is all it is, with ink on it. And yet, we look at it, and we, if someone handed it to you, you would feel like, oh, I was just given something valuable. No, you were given faith. Right. That's all you were given: faith in the monetary system, and your belief in your jewelry box is the same thing. This money could be worth it was worth a lot less now than it was fifty years ago. Um, this house we bought for one hundred and seventy thousand dollars, thirty-two years ago. That little house next door is selling for two hundred and sixty. Now, now I'm across the street for six hundred thousand. But 170 for this one. Money changes value. Jewelry changes value. Now the reason I'm pointing this out is well, that just kind of undercuts the whole point. No, the point is the value of jewelry is your acceptance of the currency. Remember to accept. Don't let those who would drag away the strengths of what it is to be a woman loving the home away from you. Don't let them talk the value out of of value. So where Christian families think, well, unless we both work, we can't ever have the good life. Unless we both work, we can't, you know, I've got to put my kids in daycare. Now, there's nothing morally wrong with putting your kids in daycare, but it's a foolishness that will bite you at some point. Now, a lot of it is because... Not only do you think it's not valuable, you think it's not valuable, not because you denied this passage, but the currency lost the faith and credit of the Christian women. They lost the belief in it. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Now, one of the elements of a any government that's run well is it's not run as an autocracy where all power rests in the governing age. God doesn't run the universe that way. He delegates things. He delegated a lot to you. You can decide what you do. You get up in the morning and don't go, dear Lord, should I get coffee or tea? Um, you make up your own mind. He says, why don't you decide what to have? Why don't you decide to have oatmeal or bacon eggs? Why don't you run your own life? That delegation of power, God delegated power to civil governments. there is no authority except that which is from God and all authorities that exist, exist from God so he who resists, resists not man but God God delegates and families are the same way men very quickly realize their wife is invaluable she is this advisor that you get to give things to responsibility to, trust in and he trusts in her in his heart, and he will have no lack of gain. And we know the difference between trusting and not trusting. You're sitting in chairs that are nice, sturdy oak chairs, and some are I don't know what those ones are made out of, but they're sturdy too. They've been they're a hundred years old. They were built for this house. And there you are, full 98 pounds, just resting in those chairs, <laughs> all of it. I can sit in those chairs, and I am <laughs> twice the person you guys are. And I can tilt in them because it's my house, and my mother's not here anymore. <laughs> so I can tilt as much as I want because the chairs—I trust them. You've been in a chair at a friend's house where hell, you use this uh, folding chair. It's a uh, watch. It's a little gamey. And so you're sitting in it with one leg tucked under you. Yes, I am. (laughs) Tucked under, tucked under the chair because any moment now your world could come to an end. (laughs) Because dropping suddenly, even a distance of a foot and a half to the floor is uh, disconcerting. When you, when a heart trusts in something, it can delegate with confidence not only that it's a safe trust, but that it's going, to re- it's going to return with a benefit. I get the benefit of the chair having trusted the chair. When I trust my wife, when I trust my wife, I, I, I find that, well, I'll give you an example of what my wife does. My wife's good with math. I am not. I can subtract. That's about it. Add. Yeah. And maybe some long multiplication, but not much. And I can algebra, anything above addition, subtraction, I'm I'm lost. My wife can think in numbers. She remembers everybody's phone number. She probably knows your phone number. She knows your birthday. She knows the names of everybody. She works out what gets paid when. She does the shopping. She comes back with more money than she left with. Macy's <laughs> sends out a signal when she walks into the store that, oh, you know, she's in here. Watch out for this woman. She will get those deals because I can, and and I my heart trusts in her safely because I know that um, uh, well. If I had been with this new kitchen we put in last year, you know, she goes out there and she just manhandles Sears. You know that they gave us a free oven. You know uh, somehow we gave them the same amount of money we were planning on, and we got an extra oven out of it. When you find it, when you're that kind of woman, a man is not just looking at your legs, he's looking at, wow, she can do, you know, I could give her that and it would come back like a perfect employee, except you're not paid. I don't pay her at all, anything. But of course, I don't get any money. She actually handles all the money. I, I just get given a little, I get given that dollar. I just carry, I carry that dollar around for six months because I, I know I'm not getting another allowance for a while.
1: <laughs>
0: she does it good and not harm all the days of her life. This is a, a something that you, you will I don't know if you'll like it or not like it. Test it out. Don't immediately uh, you know, mash your teeth and run upon me. Throw me down a flight of stairs. You're living for his life. You're not living for your life together, you're living for his life. You're building, you're an asset to him. You joined him, you took his name. Now, those may be just cultural phenomena, you know, other cultures might not. I know, I think the Korean culture doesn't. Uh, the wife has always got a kind of different last name than the, than the husband. Um, So not saying that those are the things you must try to do, but you're here doing him good, or the good wife is doing him good all the days of your life. It's not, and sometimes because of our romantic spin we put on things, is we think the guy comes in to you know, sort of serve the woman. It's the the chivalric ideal out of, you know, It started back in the 10, 1100s. And the chivalric ideal made the male a servant of the female. That's where you get chivalry. That's where you get a lot of the gentlemanly, a lot of Christians think this gentlemanly deportment is rested in good Christian behavior. It's not. It's rested in a very anti-Christian philosophy called chivalry. Um, There's probably some good things that suggest like opening doors for ladies and And uh, the like. But sometimes, remember, we are going to either operate on a philosophy we have drawn from the scripture. How is the world viewed? Or we're going to live off of the one that serves you or one that you were handed by the world. You, You either come up with your own lusts that you're serving, or you believe what the world told you, or you believe what you learned from God. Now there's not that much detail here when he does him harm does him good and not harm all the days of her life. But when women start to think that marriage is there as a service to them, and not realize that they are there to join the fiefdom, or the government, or the the empire that the man you married is going to create in all the days of your life. How do you get him ahead? Some of the strongest, I have some articles on the next page, but you'll see them when we get there. Studies have been done about how far and quickly families advance where the woman is that at-home wife supporting her husband's, not by supporting him by earning more money, but supporting him by being that grounding benefit to him that men who had a wife at home got paid more than men who had wives at work. Men are slugs, okay? Okay. Now, even the best of men will be a, somewhat of
1: a... We're
0: not, we're not wonderful. and You may think we're wonderful. We're not. But sometimes men like it when their wife works because they don't have to work as hard. They don't have to get ahead as much. They don't have to conquer as much. And they get to have just as many toys because they like toys. They want a jet skate and you just earned it for them. You just went and bought them that because you brought in out that extra money, rather than you being at home and finding that his empire, him succeeding, him being—remember by, by wisdom, kings reign. You know that you are bringing that power into his life. But that's more about sort of background: uh, what she is, what she's doing here. And you say, "Well, I don't understand the wool and the flax bit." She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. You say, you know, we go to Macy's. We don't, you know what, wool, that's Pendleton. Um, Flax, seed, I've heard flax seed. Maybe linen, is linen made out of flax? I don't know, I don't care. It's fabric. The idea that a woman is not a pointless collector of stuff, she is a pointed collector of of um, supplies. She is doing something productive with what she's got and gaining. She's not just willing because she's some docile Christian wife who knows that good Christian wives are just supposed to be there to fry the eggs in the morning and and make them a sandwich at lunch and and cook tuna casserole in the evening. because and she's willing to do that because those are the rules she heard about at church. Now her willingness sees um, opportunity in this. We're going to get more of that later. But she develops as an economic agent, even if it's not economic, you know, retail or wholesaling items, production of that nature. But she is taking material and changing it by work taking wool and flax and with willing hands she's working and that is making, uh, life is not a zero-sum game. You don't merely put in a day's work and the day ends with as much value in it as the day began. You put a day's work into something, more value is created, okay? If you just tread water, if you don't realize that the willingness and the inspiration and the imagination that you can bring into life well, look at this next one. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. This is an encouragement to you, foodies here, and and what's the other one's name? What's her name? Tim. People who like putting sauces on stuff, having Italian night, Mexican night. We had Mexican night tonight, enchiladas. They were good. Um, but what did you see on TV? You see hamburger has casserole. That. And women looking proud, cooking up hamburger um, helper, like, I am a cook. They actually have cookie sheets with the cookie dough already cut on it. And then the mother at home slides it into, I don't know, the microwave and pulls it out for her son. See, I'm a decent woman. I'm a decent mother. No, you're not. You're swine. You, you you have the woman who's the, the the good wife. She understands her quality is that life is too short to eat rotten food or eat food that isn't that takes some uh, you might say investment and in looking into. Now you say well, this is a little bit detailed, isn't it? But you know, I know you didn't insist we get woolen flax. And it's not saying there's an insistence that you go to world market to get the food so that some bizarre vegetable we've never heard of ends up on our plate. That's not it. It's the idea of, of a woman, whatever her stage, whatever her economy, whatever her level, she has said, I'm investing, the work I'm doing at home is not just twiddling my thumbs, watching TV, Throwing a few loads of laundry in, and then quickly whipping up something that you know we're thawing out of Stouffer's. That she's saying, "I'm investing myself, and the f- I get something good for the house by reaching far into if it's myself, or it's my cookbook, or it's a market, or it's the uh, farmers market, or something like that." You're going to say, "I'm going to try this new thing. I'm going to. I'm going to bring in." An expansive life. You say, "Well, it's going to keep her rather busy." Well, yes, it is. She rises while it is yet night. You say, "You're going to recommend this to me?" You're actually telling me. Let's just, let's just for the moment say that the Proverbs thirty-one woman, like I said, she's this uber uh, housewife, and um, she's she's the superhero version. let's let's grant that. She's she's not even breaking a sweat. She's getting up. And remember, in antiquity, before it is light means before it is light, which means that you don't just click a switch and on comes light. She gets up in the dark. Whatever you have is an oil lamp. She's... um, Committed to something. She at night and provides food for her household and tasks for her maids. You say, ah, oh, there's the, there's the thing. If I had some maidens, if I had somebody who would be up there just as early, rubbing their eyes, a bunch of young girls who, you know, uh, need to make their way in the world. And you're just making a list of things for them to do. That's yeah, You can like that. But again, this is a, this is an ancient household. Um, when a woman is committed to the advancement of the fiefdom, the, 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 the household that you're in, uh, the, the task that her husband's about, sometimes her efforts are going to precede because she has to have things ready for the day to get underway. She has to contribute that. It uh, sets the pace. It sets the agenda. Um, my wife and I generally get up real close together. She's a lot of times much earlier than I am and she wants to do laundry. and She disappears, you know, I, I sort of fake, feel a vacancy in the room and I hear, you know, something moving about. And there's more vacancy and then moving about and find out she's done three loads of laundry before I, you know, rolled out of the sack. Other times she, you know, rouses me out at 630 and, and off we go. But we like. That, that, that so much of her understanding of the day the de- the day is is um, she's like the officer of the deck you know or, or the officer of the day or the, uh, the on watch she is the person that sets the um, the efforts for the day into in, in motion um, and she's not um, what would you say, okay, so she does a little bit of, looks like fabric, and some she cooks, and she gets, gets up early. Is there more? Yes. 16. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. This is not a short-sighted woman who is just trying to get through the end of the day and hope she doesn't kill her husband. No, she's, she's invested in a future this way. This is, she considers a field real estate, you know. She buys it. She doesn't go, honey, can we buy the field? No, he's trusted her. His heart just says, here, plastic, you can go buy that field if you think you need to buy that field. Then she plants of it and she says, I'm going to make it. Like I said, the wealth of the family is not a zero-sum game. It's not. doesn't mean that everything co- that comes in is just spent and not created in a new value. You know that about investments, right? You, you have an investment. You know that, that you're supposed to try to get more value out of your money in the long run. That's what she's doing with her vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and makes her arms strong. That was the one verse that made me think of this muscular domesticity. You know, they get the uh, um, their the notion that this is. My wife does not go to the gym. She has three flights of stairs. That's what her her stairmaster is. Three flights.
1: Sometimes I go up on my hands to make
0: sure. Yeah, just, just standing on her hands. Just,
1: <laughs> just to be
0: sure she can have upper body strength. Now, she's uh, actually just busy. She's a hearty trencher woman. She can, uh, she can put it away if she wants to. Uh, but she works it off. But there are a lot of women who are sluggards. I have one of the earliest problems counseling and that I had to deal with in our ministry was with some wives that did nothing. They did nothing. They were at home all day. They did nothing. We were invited over by a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, knew him before he was married, before he was a Christian, saw him come to Christ and got married. and. Uh, We went over for dinner. We were invited over for dinner. We got there. He wasn't there yet because he had to go do the shopping after work. She was at home. There was a pile of unclean diapers in the corner of the living room. There was a cereal bowl upside down with cereal in in the middle of the kitchen floor from the morning. There was no place to sit. Everything had clothes, laundry, everything on it. And she had just played with the kids all day all she did. He came home having bought the food, he then cooked it. We sat on the floor in the living room and had dinner. And we've run into this a lot. Women who don't work. They think, and they, and they wonder sometimes after, they, they think life is there to, this is somehow the final vacation. I got married, I'm going to be taken care of, my bills are going to be paid, um, and then they wonder why they can't keep the weight off. And they wonder why they have to go to the gym and be on a diet. You know, if they were a muscular domesticity, if she girded her loins with strength and makes her arms strong, there is this, this actually this um, side benefit her own health, her own um, activity of mind, even. Yeah, they always tell you about, about Alzheimer's or dementia or things like that, that working on things rather than just letting your mind go into some sort of hibernation, working on things, keeps your mind active. And here is a woman who is doing all of that at the mental level, the economic level, the hard work level, uh, the planning level. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. This goes back to that same idea of what she's working with willing hands. It's uh, and it's not merely. Oh, I can't even imagine being um, some like you're thinking. Of your wife is like an investment banker at home, or she's got a side business dealing in you know real estate. Is I'm I'm never going to be there. Well, in every situation, the thing that a woman is at her level and her economy and her capabilities. She's applying herself to that strength so that there's more in the home, and even if it's cookies, you know, even if it's she's just well, I can I, I can make cookies, uh, I can cook dinner, but you know, I'll, I'll just be sure that we always have a good supply of cookies. You know, uh, the the idea of an investment into a profitable extra. And that, that uh, she knows that there's going to be actual value to gain. Maybe not in the real marketplace where real money changes handed. And you have to have a tax number and, a, and, a, and its own separate checking account for your cookie business. It just may be that the activity, the stuff you make, raises the value of you know, whether you're quilting or whether you're Making curtains, or or Leslie used to do braided rugs with all the leftover fabric and jeans that we had lying around, and she'd braid these big circular rugs, and she's made various quilts and these curtains here, and just to keep on, you keep on applying this strong loins, I guess. (laughs) Didn't make her loins, I guess. her strength to it, and there is a, a net gain. We lived for years without any curtains on these windows. Not because she was like, she was busy with those grugs, braiding the rug. She got around to it, now people, everybody, wow, look at those, you made those? Yes, she did. Now they're so old, they've had to been repaired once. She puts her hands to the distaff. Another weird thing, and her hands hold the spindle. Again, that's, that's what the little picture is there. That's an ancient picture of a woman spinning thread. This is before wheels existed, and they would have the a, 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 a raw wool and they'd spin it on a weighted spindle down below and spin the thread out. Um, what's that? You say, what well, are you going to make out of that? I, so she spins thread. We don't do that anymore. I buy thread at Joanne's. Okay, try to imagine what it could mean. You say, well, it's pretty mundane. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a lot of life is. A lot of life is bending over in the middle of the living room and picking up the wrapper that some kid left there, uh, straightening the pillows. A lot of things are mundane. But when effort is put into the home, even at the mundane level, because futility, I don't know if you've heard of futility, everything is futile. Everything in the second law of thermodynamics, everything's rotting, falling apart, breaking down. Everything. You leave it, it breaks. And you leave it, it gets dirty. You leave it, it, it will not be um, easy to catch up with. So a, a woman walks around from anything from the mundane to the great, the, the small to the, to the large elements, from economic investments in real estate to spinning making sure there's enough thread in the house, and always will be enough thread in the house. Every time she's not doing something else, she's got the distaff and the spindle out, and she's running thread. And that's what keeps, because one of the things we hope to have in a home, a man comes home to his house, and he hopes that the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune out there in the world, they're taking his day apart, and he comes back in, and it's the cereal bowl in the middle of the kitchen, or... You know, it's amazing what, you know, I'm a guy, we could just shred up some newspaper in the corner and sleep in it. That's what we would do. Empty room, shredded up newspaper, piece of cheese. We could sleep. That's it. Men, okay? And so when I, I can live in a state of disarray, but when my wife has her maidens come in and do straight, just straighten the pillows, dust the things, vacuum, all of a sudden you walk in and you go, Let's, this is nice it's that much more valuable for mundane treatments she opens her hands to the poor. now this would be easy to open her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the deep. be a good Christian, be nice to people in need okay, we're done our work here is done, let's not leave it with that that easy this may be a, a help correct a bad, productive wife. There are two kinds of productive women. There's the good wife, and there's the Nazi. Okay, There are Nazis, the ones who put plastic on their furniture, the ones who look at you like you would just sinned, a mighty sin, if your shoes did not come off when you walked into a house, who has all sorts of rules everybody must obey. It could be can-do about it. They want it perfect. They want it perfect all the time. And everybody starts not being served, but serving her utopia. Everyone is afraid to be around it. Nobody wants to be around it because they're just an A-type fascist about it. We're looking at the heart of this woman. She's not only achieving, she's achieving because her heart is framed in the right way. It's framed to the good of her husband. Now, I don't know what your opinions are about cigars. I smoke them. It's my house. I smoke them in my house. And I'm not saying you and your husband can't decide not to have cigars smoked in your house. Okay, that's fine. But don't ever have it be. Were your service to him. I remember my wife. We were interviewing a, a family for a resident, uh, a young man. We did, he didn't live here, but father was a lawyer. Um, mom was a mom. and They were Battle Friday or something. Sitting in the living room, and I was talking to the husband off to the side, cause, and he found out I smoked cigars, and he because uh, he, no pun intended, and he uh, was like, oh, I smoked cigars too, and... Um, um, and through some course of the conversation, it became clear that I smoked in the house. And the wife looked at Leslie and said, you let him smoke in the house? And Leslie was just it's his house. What do you mean I let him? This is, this is not his service to me, it's my service to him. And that can be expressed in all sorts of different areas. But... Once the, 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 the idea, if the can-do-ness starts to overrun the commitment where a wife's heart ought to be, it could happen in some areas a husband and wife might both not like to have cigars in the house, or he might just be super gracious and, and he offers it to the wife and say, you know, honey, I'll smoke outside will be... You know, that's, that can be worked out. It's not that, that particular issue. It's whether or not the... The task of getting things done overruns the heart that was supposed to be prompting it to begin with. That he safely trusts in her with his whole heart. He is benefited by her. She does him good all of her life. She's there for him. She was married to be his wife here at last, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, a helper fit for man. Now he said, what does that have to do with the needy? Well, that's where the the heart gets revealed. It's it's the woman who can do not only manages to satisfy the demands of her own household. um, She is already at a heart in service to others. She doesn't have to choose to quit being in service to herself. And serve others. She's already in service to her children, and service to her guests, and service to her husband. Serving the needy with what she has, um, with her residual material. In times, um, it's something she wants to do. It's not merely a performance. Helping the poor is not a performance where some notable leading lady in the uh, in your society who has lots of money and. And very ostentatiously gives to the need of some, some thing like a Pharisee would. You want to have this come out of your heart. Hand to the poor, hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household. For all of her household are clothed in scarlet. Now, one of the things you and we will talk about some later. Women deal with fear. Most advertising that is fear-based points itself at the wife or mother on TV. That's what it'll try to sell, too. They know they're selling, be it health, uh, insurance, uh, all sorts of things. Fear is a thing that women struggle with. She is not afraid of snow for her household. Remember before central heating, this is not... You have a fire on the fireplace, but that was about it. It dressed warm. She has her whole household clothed in scarlet. Now, not just warm, but I gather from the word scarlet that this is a valuable dye. The, the vivid colors always were. That's why purple was royalty back in those days. The Phoenicians developed the, the dye from the murex muscle, I believe, uh, which became the trade good that... that um, People who wanted something great, these vivid colors were, were the thing that uh, people considered to be the wealthiest or the best. So it's probably conveying they're, be- they're dressed in best and adequate clothing, and she to the point where she's not afraid. When you don't have the strength. To deal with the fears at the place where you're delegated to deal with it. So you just keep the fear and don't do anything about it. Keep the fear and, and just worry. That's what happens. You keep the fear and start to worry. and if you keep the fear and start to worry, you start to nag because you're going to start to remind the husband that I'm still afraid things aren't need to get done, you need to be doing stuff. And in many ways, when women are women deal with insecurities a lot. I feel in jeopardy. And sometimes God is your security at one level, your husband's security at another, you are security at another. You know, uh, you, uh, you have a, an area of mastery that will alleviate some of your fear. Because you have accomplished the things that, that need to be accomplished. Um, trying to think of an illustration that's a little less of, of um, you know, as you've had a household for a lot of years, and we've been here at the house for 32 years, and, and so we have covers with old sheets, old blankets, and old towels, and all this sort of stuff, and Leslie knows where it all is, and, and she knows that if the heat went out and the power went out, we could figure, you know, okay, we, what we'll do is we'll bring out some... She would know how to deal with it. She would have the supplies by which we could deal with it. it. She would not be the little miss running around in a circle, screaming, having a hysteric fit and the husband's got to say, okay, what do I do first, slap her or deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. The, the hysterical woman is not really... Uh, some girls think that's really feminine and maybe they been really like to have hysteria around them. We, we don't, actually. And I've known some hysterical girls, and they really thought that that's what would make them attractive—is to show how china doll-like and how breakable they were. Well, this woman isn't. She makes herself self-coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Everybody else just gets scarred. She's the. She's running up the score. It's 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 almost not fair. She's not just saying, okay, I'm going to be that harmless drudge in the back room, sewing for all my children. She says, no, I'm going to be up early, I'm going to be up late, because I'm going to make sure that when I get dressed, I get dressed. She has a confidence in who she is, and she takes care of herself. Now, being some um, harmless drudge who no one notices, which some people think is the Christian wife's duty, that she's not supposed to appear, one, appear, you notice, two, appear at all attractive. You know, that, 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 that's sort of that patriarchal, um, uh, fake patriarchy that sort of gets created. Men think that they've been arranged this thing, and they treat, um, uh, women, or push women into, uh, Uh, I've noticed it, I think it's the Hutterites here locally anyway, Um, you see the Hutterite women out there at Walmart, Winco and stuff, they got the little cap on their head, they got these awful dresses that go down to their, almost to their combat boots and uh, And tennis shoes shoes, and they have no makeup and they have no, you know, their hair is always in a bun and they have a choice in their life and it's their culture and we respect their culture. (laughs) But I've noticed their husbands completely normal.
1: Wow. Mm. Really? Dressed
0: just like a modern can't guy. Them. Can't distinguish them from anyone else. They're completely integrated. Mm. Their wives on the other hand are not. Now, I can consider that to be, I, they're probably not thinking about it, they're trapped in the culture, the, the habits of tradition and all sorts of other things. But that's not what it's asking us to do. It's telling us that she not, she's not afraid, she's a strong woman, she's out there creating. She's adding value to the household. She's in service to the household. And now she has got around to herself, and this is not the last minute. Okay, honey, just let me put my hair up. I'll be with you in a moment. And she just, you know, shimmies into her best, uh, you know, denim jumper, and off she goes to the church. Rather than saying, well, I'm going to work it so that I have a good couple hours to get myself ready. Because I'm going to be wearing purple today, and your guys are all wearing scarlet. But I'm going to be purple, because I'm, um, I'm fine. <laughs> now, there's, there's, a, there's a debt. You say, well, well, don't you think that's a little... Well, we, we're assuming in the passages where it tells you not to be without adornment. With a it's, it's saying, and then it lists a bunch of good things. Not bad things. It says, when you think of your adornment, you're adorning your soul. This adornment, your soul, coming out of this stronger, that's the adornment that, that as a housewife stronger. In, in Peter, it's a gentle and quiet spirit relating to her non-Christian husband. That, that's, in God's sight, very precious. But uh, here, the inward adornment is her strength. Because in a, in a Christian marriage, She's benefiting her household. She's building a sure house with this, and um, it's a uh, um, it's a responsibility that the greatness to which you have raised things, you dress in accordance with. You know, if if a man was can has brought been brought by you to the point where he's proud of his home, and the hospitality and the and the philanthropy and charity that comes out of it, and the cooking and the the grace, he wants you to look like the queen of that situation. You should want to look like the queen of that situation. The queen of England never goes out and sweats. Ever. Neither should anyone else. Ever. Humanity, (laughs) just being humane. Take a minute. Put a pair of pants on. Especially ones that say pink across your butt. <laughs> that really is unattractive. But, but my objection to it is not because I could be out of fashion. But what it is is, not, is, is a woman taking the time to dress at her merited level. To dress at the moment or the place where her social achievement has brought her. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Like I said earlier about that story, the two uh, newspaper stories, one out of Reuters and uh, one out of, I think, the Oakland Mercury. Both of you can read them at your leisure, but talking about how the advancement of the husband's situation is engaged by the presence of this kind of wife. Um, it's very hard to get ahead in this world. And when a man has um, an aide-de-camp like this, that has taken the weight of some things off of him, he can come home and there's a miraculously food in the house. Miraculously. Food in the house at a discount. And then it gets cooked and amazingly put out there. He has all this you might say energy, effort to place towards the advancement that the family has in the outside world, driving himself somewhere. He becomes somebody, that's what it's mentioning because of this woman. She makes linen garments and sells them, she delivers girdles to the merchant. Seems to have touched on this about three times sort of thing, the seeking wool, seeks the raw materials, she's spinning, uh, she, she puts work into it, she knows her merchandise is valuable. She actually, this is the actual coming out of retail goods. She has being so efficient that what she does creates this uh, valuable stuff and more than she needs. And it doesn't have to be, I, I, I don't want you to think that it's in terms of goods. That If I don't have a practical skill, if I, I'm not a journeyman plumber or I don't make toll painting, your know, things to hang on the wall, decoupage. You know, some women get into that sort of stuff for arts and crafts. Um, that sort of folly business. This was an era where nobody had a store to go to. Everybody did sell the things they made in their home for the goods of other people. The division of labor was was less uh, pronounced. Uh, This is a woman who has already put at odds everything that has threatened her home by the level of her work, and she is able to produce more of an inventory than she needs. Again, whether it's an inventory of um, uh, artistically, you know, I know women who are artists, I know women who write, I know women who um, Sing. sing, yeah, I've heard of women who sing my wife, um, I basically told her when we got married. Well, probably after we'd been married a while, the kids started happening. That you know, I had no objection to having a job, I, of her having a job, but uh, the first things had to be first. So the kids being reared had to be first. And if that waited until the first kid was in, the last kid was in school, that was what we would have to wait for, or that. Um, and then when we got to that point, said, you know, the home needs to be first. So if you feel you were that organized, that efficient, when, when Gunn had entered school, Leslie started teaching choir at Logos School here locally. And um, and that was a small enough commitment that she was able to deal with the things she enjoyed, plus be at the school her kids were at, and bring a little bit, a very little bit of extra money. Um, and... Uh, but by the time... But she would, everything got done. Everything still on the table at dinner time here at the Big House, serving 16 people uh, in those days. And then as time went on and she got better and better at it, she could actually have a band. She was going out singing in the evening with her rock and roll band for, what, a couple years? A couple, three, four or, four, four or five years. Still running the Big House, still cooking for 16 still shopping for cooking for 16, still washing the clothes of all the people, not all the people, our family, still getting up in the morning at a decent hour and going to bed at a decent hour, except on show nights when she'd always be a little bit wired after a show, and we'd have to all stay up and drink beer and eat pizza. But um, but how does... That's just, that is what she was able, once she realized that her first service, prime you know, what what is primary, what is the ordinate value of this, who is valuable to her, is her husband value to her, it is his gains in life. And when she puts hard work into it, so schedule and effort and imagination and capabilities and range, all these things are being dealt with here, she actually standing around twiddling her thumbs, wondering what she's gonna do with her free time. And then there are these sluggard women who won't pick up the bowl of cereal, they can't imagine working that bowl of cereal into their life. Them, they become a a retarded human being. Not retarded, but a retarded human being held back. And Leslie ended up with time that you could go put a rock and roll band together. And uh, it could be, again, it could be someone writing. It could be someone um, uh, taking lessons in something they were interested in, so that they're like they're interested. In cook, you and uh, David go to schools, right, of some sort of cooking things.
1: A couple times, yeah.
0: yeah you, you do stuff, and you you adds to your 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 competence and your capability. Uh, um, because when you're doing the right thing, when the thing, because order almost it won't perpetuate itself, because futility is still got its claws in everything. It's going to drag it down and kill it, but. When, it, when, you, when you create a movement, when you build a house well, and you're not tearing it down with your own hands like a fool, you're building something that outlasts you. Okay, And as long as the futility works on the things you do slower than it works on you, you'll die before you, um, you run out of the goods that you created. This house is going to last longer than me. It was built before I existed. It was the kind of order was put into this home that will make it sturdy for a long time. I'm not so sturdy. And when a woman puts that kind of effort and order into her life, she's raising, um, uh, well, what's the uh, delivering the girdles to the merchant? She's got inventory. She's got time to create inventory, and whatever it is you're good at. And it's not a matter of choosing between how oh, well, old I need to be fulfilled. You know, some modern woman's you know rant about not having anything to do with her home. But really, the, the woman who has trained her mind to be someone like that finds that she's making a sensible and capable choice with the time a lot with ample time a lot. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. I think I think I'm thinking of a German. the house frowl some strapping wench you know that is not only the idea of the women being afraid and wanting to get insurance and don't you think we ought to have a a, a savings account for our kids education do you think honey going. how many hours am i going to work what am i going to how much we're spending on insurance just to make you feel more at peace well, the woman who is in this condition, since strength and dignity are her clothing, she laughs at tomorrow. That's different than being afraid of tomorrow. Our Lord says, I've mentioned it here, do not be anxious for tomorrow. Women think that's a professional Olympic sport for them, <laughs> being anxious about tomorrow. The Lord said not to be. This woman isn't. This woman has a good chuckle at tomorrow. She has defeated today. The Lord said, today has enough trouble for itself. What has the good wife done to it? Knocked it into a whimpering jelly. That's what she has done to it. She has destroyed today. She has taken today and made it, you know, cry mama. (laughs) Now, and consequently, she knows this existential obedience to Christ of doing today what it needs to be done today, and not worrying and being anxious for tomorrow, what she did today, that's what what confidence does for you. If you attend to the day, this is true for men and women, when you attend to today, and you do what the energy and power allows you to do to the problems of today, you stand away, confident in the end, and you look at what's coming tomorrow, and you sleep the sleep of the just, because you got no problems, you know what you can do to tomorrow. You did it to today, so you can laugh at tomorrow. She opens her mouth with wisdom and with the teaching of kindness. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now, again, like the woman who is the fascist, who is just an alpha woman and is going to get stuff done, there are um, women who just, their culture is... Yes, I learned how to make this casserole when I got married. I had my wife learn how to make my mother's macaroni and cheese, my mother's turkey stuffing, and... That was it? Fried rice. Fried, fried rice and fried chicken. You
1: make
0: the fried chicken. Yeah, but you, you never, she never really got the grip of fried chicken. It's a little complicated. It's guy stuff. Your mental process is not and not. Oh, you're trying to say all that women do is these household chores and do them energetically. Well, there are, yeah, there are women who don't ever think about anything they're doing. They just do it. Um, and the idea of women doing more and thinking less in some sort of um, uh, idyllic womanhood, what could, um, what did Ambrose Bierce define women as? They were, they were roughly domesticatable and and can be taught not to talk. Um, now, that's sort of cynical approach to the way women woman would be best. Rather than, a lot of women, yeah, you'd like them not to talk. But the woman that is doing this correctly, the end result is not chattel, but someone who knows the whys and wherefores of the life she's in, why she's doing it, who she's doing it for. Remember that we, that we don't want to have the word of God discredited. And, and the older woman understands that. The good wife, who's the older woman, understands that. And so she teaches with wisdom. And kindness is one of the things she teaches. And what's more kind, and you've all felt it, we've all felt it. We've been invited over to somebody's house and they did us a good turn there, and the food was great, and the service was impeccable. You know how kind hospitality is. You know how kind, oh, I I can remember staying at somebody's house, and I still almost salivate, not over the food, the bed. (laughs) They had a bed in their guest room, and I was traveling without my wife. I was speaking at something, I don't remember what. Staying there. And so it was like, oh, OK, I see you. I'm going to bed by myself, no wife. Get up there into the bed, crawled into it, and oh. <laughs> I nearly divorced my wife. <laughs> married that bed. <laughs> this was probably the 80s at some point. You know, I still remember Where that Where was bed. this? This was Boise, Phyllis says. Just a bed. But you know that the, the well apportioned, you know when you you come to somebody's house and you're not just sleeping on the couch in front of their TV where their teenage son who doesn't bathe frequently enough sits all the time. But you actually have a bed and there's towels stacked beside it. And I, and I was reading in Amy Vanderbilt, you know, this is back in the 50s, um, you were supposed, when you had a guest room put together and all the things, you're supposed to provide the cigarettes. A little pack of cigarettes on the nightstand, you're supposed to provide that. I said, wow, what a
1: place! <laughs>
0: you know, it's kindness. And that's what a, a woman starts to realize the, di- the, the deeper aspect it 's not it 's the, it's the creation of God, the Word of God being discredited or not. it is the virtue of god 's creation, what is wisdom, what kind of house is wisdom building, and am I understanding that because i 'm going to be opening my mouth. Do I sound like a you know flibbertigibbet gibbet type of housewife that doesn 't understand anything and, and just giggles and turns away when someone addresses her? And if you, you don't just come back with strong opinions. That's why the kindness thing is there, with the teaching of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. No joke. She looks I was thinking of the phrase, looks well to the ways of her household. I'm, I'm always amazed how my wife knows when something is needed to be picked up at the store or when the whites go in the laundry. I don't understand mm-hmm. it. It's magic to me, you know, that, that she knows, she has a pace of how the house runs. Um, she measures... Oh she, you've worked with her, some of you, on doing banquets and such. She starts with the time of the banquet, what's going to serve, when? And she walks her way back on everything that has to be done and gives it a time, When does it going to need to happen? All the way to the previous day when this has to be made and this has to be made and this has to be made and then we start this at this point, start that at that point. And she just goes down the list. She knows the ways of her household. She knows what it's going to take and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um... It warns us in Timothy. I think we read the passage yesterday. Was it about the women who are mere busybodies? No, that's a passage I didn't quote yesterday. I think it's in Timothy someplace. Uh, they become mere busybodies, gadding about from house to house when they don't have something to do. And, and, and that's not um, what this woman has. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also; he praises her. You, this is an admirable state. It's not again the the the, the Hutterite throwback um, is not uh, the, the 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 unseen, unspoken, silent purveyor of food and and uh, clothing to people is not what we're talking about. Because nobody would believe you. The kids won't go. My mom, what a great woman. Or the husband won't go. I'm amazed at this woman. The profit, the gain, the forefronted, the the, the strength. The, 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 stop and look at and see what kind of character you think you're describing. What kind of woman? You may have met someone like this. The kind of woman whose attitude can laugh at tomorrow because of who she is. Now you can't stop everything. Or something kills us eventually. Even a strong woman can be insecure about something, but this is generally speaking a woman who her day-to-day life is something she's got a full Nelson on. She knows how to work it. Now, it's good to be honored by people. I I don't know if you've been honored by people, complimented. Um, And especially when you think it's sincere. That's always nice, because do you ever sort of, you know, maybe you can imagine being married, some of you married ones can imagine, as well, the compliment you're sort of expecting. And he says it. You're not sure whether or not it was sincere, but you wanted the compliment. Whether or not you wanted to be told that it doesn't make your butt look big in those pants. Whatever you were expecting. but you'd like a real one, right? I've given my wife a lot of of assessments. We'll just call them that. And uh, she knows, I'll tell her something, that Maybe she didn't want to hear that. That she just picked up at Macy's. That blouse makes her look like my mother, and she's dead. And grew up in Canada, so missionary background. Okay, uh, not fashion. Now, she but she really liked it. Her girlfriends really liked it. But now she knows that when I tell her, she looks great. She looks great. And you like that kind of comedy, don't you? You like that and to a certain degree I probably made her blush a little today, maybe she just enjoyed it quite a bit about her qualities (laughs) we'll be talking about my qualities at some point, but uh, right now I'm talking about my wife's qualities but that's still a satisfaction right, what you say, oh please stop oh please, don't, don't, you'll, you'll oh it'll go to my head, please stop everybody's praising you you say, well nobody's ever praised me like that, actually have you ever seen it happen to uh, a waitress? I thought when I was writing this, I was thinking of, of how sometimes a wife who is never praised by her husband or children see them praising some waitress at a restaurant and tipping her heavily. And probably because she was kind of cute, too. But, you know, um, and it, it can bother a woman that she's not And you might want to say, well, try carrying seven plates and treating people nicely all day long, like that waitress did. And when waitresses are great, they're amazing. And that's in many ways what a wife. And it elicits this kind of compliment. It elicits, elicits this kind. Of, well, have you ever. Do you know any guys? What? Do you know the phrase St. Pauli girl? You know what a St. Pauli girl is? Mm-hmm. You have St. Pauli beer? <laughs> On the label, the St. Pauli girl. The St. Pauli girl. Well, she's a little buxom. Okay, we'll give her that. <laughs> but she's got like six beer steins in her hands. And guys just go, oh my heavens. That's the best thing a guy could say to you about you. You're like a sweet molly girl. You're bringing the beer. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. You know, you know you don't. Your husband, you know, come on but he lives with you. Your kids live with you. They might be subjective. It's not some cosmic assessment that this quote, you surpass everybody. You say, well, I'm, if I reason closely, only one person can surpass everyone else, and once that's taken, I cannot surpass everyone else because that chick will be better than me. So don't, don't lie to me, husband. Now, he's living inside your life. She can't imagine anybody doing it better than you. He, 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 yeah, sure, he's bent, but he's bent by a close witness. He hasn't lived with these other people. He hasn't found a more perfect broad. Let him think that, because you'll say good things. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, I don't know if that comes right after the part where it just said that his kids praised her, or her husband praised her. Because it doesn't actually talk about her looks anywhere in here, does it? I mean, her fashion, she, she, she takes care of herself. It doesn't say how hot she is. She could be that German Hausfrau, I mean, you know, and extra hundred pounds on her. Because it really isn't. I mean, these other things, you've met charming sorority chicks, haven't you? this awful witches—I mean, not all sorority girls, but you know, you know what I'm talking about—the the kind of mean girl, but can also be really charming if she wants to be. We you know that it could be deceiving. You know that beauty is a, is just an aesthetic thing that the, the privations of age are going to tear apart. This is something truly praiseworthy because it's a fixture till you're dead. All of what does it say? all the days of her life. That's what's praiseworthy. The fearing of God. And what you're going to ask yourself, we're going to cover a bit more of this on Friday, I think it is, with Lewis's stuff. The fear of the Lord. I would never want to suggest to you that out of some sort of early American view of the family or some Christian theory about family behavior or some shallow interpretation of Ephesians 5 you should just do this stuff. you know submit yourself to your husband oh, they said it I guess we got to do it it's our religion hmm. this is a thousand years before Christ here some place back then some king we don't know of Lemuel we don't know who he is what king is a you know, Massa, King of Massa, whatever that is, city-state probably. And uh, a long time ago, but the fear of the Lord makes a really strong woman that even the modern wouldn't mind. Even the modern person who complains about the chattel like slavery Christian woman can be put into. Not this woman, they don't mind this woman. They visit this woman, they realize, hold it. She's got everything. She's got everything. And that's the tragedy of the modern woman. They try to go get everything professionally. They finally realize, their biological clock starts going, and they start realizing, how do I have everything? The home, the career, the the kids, the the moments, the picket fence, whatever it is. The woman who fears the Lord has looked at not a culture to mimic or imitate or pretend to be... um, but it associates good wife with fear of the Lord. And you will go to some of these places that you can't imagine yourself going, going to lengths you can't imagine, if it is rooted in your reverence for God. Not in your, whether or not the talk of something like this was compelling enough and you wrote down some notes and and it was, yeah, I thought it was probably right. No, if you turn to God and pursue the fear of him, it will change your life. It will, you will not just genuflect before the living God, but before the things that he reveals to us as valuable. You will start to see the world his way. Remember, he designed the world with wisdom, so the design of wisdom, the wisdom that builds a sure house, that doesn't pair it apart with our hands, is described here in detail. This is the kind of thing that would build a sure house. This is uh, what the fear of the Lord does to a woman in this situation. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. That's the first instruction to the people looking in from the outside. We have them witness what, what their opinion is, but this is what they're told to do. Praise her, you know, that's easy to do, but she should be be seeing the reward of her efforts. She should, um, it's like uh, things like with my money my wife earned playing rock and roll. I didn't say, honey, give it. turn it over, come on, family funds. We'll include it in the bill of paying. No, it's nice to have my wife, it wasn't much money, but, but it was nice for her to get that. When she'd throw some situation here that she charged for, you know, she was doing the cooking. I wasn't doing the cooking. And she should she should get that. She should get the applause. She should get the reward. Let not have it always go through the 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 filter of the husband, trimming off the, the good and the tasty portions before it gets to her. She should be pushed forward and gets the benefit. There are um, just in terms of a. Out of the years we've done this, we've had over 300 people live with us, and uh, um, there are people that have come to our home who actually wept, not the quality of the food, it's just good solid food, but you know, wept because they had never sat down at a table with their family in their life. And they had an intact family. But people don't eat dinner together, people don't work at home making it home. And it's almost too much of a Norman Rockwell moment. You walk in and there's a turkey being sliced by an old fat guy and, and mashed potatoes making the rounds and gravy and stuffing that came out of the turkey called stuffing because it was stuffed in the turkey, not stove top stuffing, it was stuffed in the turkey. Oh my gosh, you opened a can of cranberry sauce. We did. And people wept. Pe- people don't see this you know, nowadays, you know, when Leslie was raised, girls got classes in every high school in the country in home economics. Every girl in America took home ec. And I can remember the, the radical thought that what if one of the guys signed up for home ec? You know, you say, oh, gay. Okay. And girls signing up for body and pain. We all had to take engine repair. We all had to learn how to work on an internal combustion engine. Mm. Anybody have home ec in their high schools? You so you get?
1: <laughs>
0: they actually don't. Oh, it was a public school,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it was elective. Mm-hmm. They do here too.
1: They have it, in Deary. Have, it's in Deary. It's Not to have it, dearie. have it, Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: far enough into the
1: <laughs> and make
0: it an elective. Well, it's good to hear that that the people actually uh, uh, provide to still those things. Um, but you're, you're growing up and becoming married women at a point in the history of this country where your valuable nature is going to be remarkable. You know, we do a lot. It's almost like every house in our neighborhood, every house ran the same way and there was always a mom there and they would always made Kool-Aid for us no matter what house you went into and um, that's not the case anymore. The Christian home the woman who sees this as the downward direction of God's, the fear of God, is going to be a remarkable, a remarkable character. Well, that's the end of this section. Tomorrow night, we're looking at the way of a lady. This was practical about the, the thoughts that we structure of the kind of home ec. This next is what structures you as a social being. What kind of what kind of civilized person I That's tomorrow night. And then Thursday night, of course, we're talking about the mojo.